Um, before I, sh I share what I'm gonna share, um, I just wanna encourage you today um, with this word. And I feel like I gotta say this. Um, and I said it first service, and I, and I feel even stronger now. Uh, we are not afraid of what's happening. Amen. <clears throat> you know, with, with all the, thanks. Thanks, bud. Samuel played his last football game last Thursday. Demolished. Who'd you play? Baraboo? 50 to 26. And uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. We don't like Baraboo. I'm just playing. If you're from Baraboo, I love you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but with all the things going on in the world right now, all the things happening, COVID, you know, we can believe the lies of the world and the culture, what they try to tell us, you know, dark winter, all this kind of junk, right? Or we can believe the word of the Lord, Amen. right? Now, that's, that's not negating the ideas and the facts that we need to be safe and careful and all that. But let me tell you, greater is he who's in me than he that is in this world. And, and there's, there's no reason why the church should be silent in this time. There's no reason why the church should be quiet and should have their voice stipend because of a disease or a virus or an election or whatever the case is. Now's the time for the church to raise its voice up in power and glory and be the light on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen? Now's the time. Now's the time. And you may be going through some business right now. You may be going through the stuff. But let me just tell you, that's what we're preaching about today. Let me just tell you, God is with you. He has never left you or forsaken you. He is with you always to the ends of this earth. Amen. Amen. So take the place on the line that's in the sand. We're going to hold the line. We're not backing down. We're not backing down. Goliath can come and taunt all he wants to. The church will respond with a sling and a rock called worship. Amen? We are going to respond and be the salt of the earth. There. <laughs> I do want to take just a moment real quick. Um, if you remember, last week I said we were going to have our uh, Kingdom Builders miracle offering today. And I do wanna take a time just to focus on that real quick. Every year in November, we designate the third week of November for our miracle offering. And what Kingdom Builders is, real briefly, I explained it a lot last week, so I won't go into detail this week. What Kingdom Builders is, is another opportunity for you as people to partner with the church, all right, in resourcing and giving finances to accomplish um, um, things and accomplish kingdom work and kingdom advancement in our community, in our church, in our lives, homes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, this uh, type of uh, platform, if you will, was adopted by one of the fastest-growing churches in America right now, called River Valley Church. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? River Valley is based out of Minneapolis in Minnesota. They've got campuses and churches pretty much nation, if not worldwide. And, um, and they, you know, because traditionally what we would do in a traditional setting church, if, if, the, if the parking lot needed new pavement or if a family in the church or a family in the community needed help, um, or something like that, then the pastor then would traditionally would come to you and say, hey, XYZ needs this and we need this. This is how much it's gonna cost, blah, 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 blah. Will you give to that? And then about six or seven of those along the year kind of just goes, wow, this church is asking a ton. So what we decided to do is take one platform called Kingdom Builders and ask you to be and consider to be a Kingdom Builders partner financially outside of your tithe to the local storehouse, which is our church, Okay. All right, this is where you get fed, amen? Okay, that's how it's where we tithe to. We tithe to our local storehouse. This, on the other hand, Kingdom Builders, goes all over the world. It goes all over our community, helping families, helping people all over the world. As a matter of fact, we had a financial goal this last year of $72,660. That was our goal that we set out in 2020. Year to date, we have brought in $56,806. Isn't that amazing? We are roughly short of, of meeting our goal of $15,854. And I believe that today we can make up a big chunk, if not all of that $15,000 today. Because I believe that you guys are gonna see 
the reasons why we give. We're going to show a video here in just a few moments, but I want to talk about the four entities real quick that this Kingdom Builders makes up and how much we've actually raised for those four things. Number one is our global impact, okay? Our global impact, meaning our missionaries, uh, church planting, uh, City on a Hill, which is based out of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then Youth Alive, which is reaching our teens and uh, helping our missionaries reach our teenagers and kids right here in Wisconsin. We have, uh, our goal was $14,460, all right? And we have totally spent um, $11,618 of that to go towards those separate things around the world. So your finances and your resources have literally touched lives in China, Afghanistan, South America, all over the world. And that's what happens when you become a Kingdom Builder Partners. You're giving to something bigger than yourself, okay? And then uh, the second one is community impact that's right here locally within our community. Um, <clears throat> our food pantry received uh, our goal. Uh, we, we've spent, I'm sorry, we've, we've spent uh, $7,824 of that. And our goal was to raise $10,000 um, for that. And uh, we've given to local food pantries. Um, Amy's Closet, where we gave over $1,600 to help families out in need within our community, which I think is beautiful. Safe Families for Children, which was $1,000 for Safe Families for Children. Let me just stop right there and tell you what Safe Families for Children is. At the beginning of the year, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we had a uh, gentleman come by the name of Dave Conkle. He came and he spoke about Safe Families for Children. And what that is is an alternative um, for adoption and foster care um, in our community. It's brand new, and we were the very first church to support it financially on a monthly basis, which I think is awesome. And it's a ministry, okay? They help dis, this, uh, dislocated children and, 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 and kids who don't have a home. They help them find a family within a Christian community here within La Crosse. And I just think that is so amazing that we get to partner with that and do that. Because, you know, honestly, it would be difficult a lot of the times. We've got families in our church who are foster parents, but it'd be really difficult a lot of the times to say, would you take in more children? But what, one thing we can do is support ministries that do, right? Because we need to provide alternatives other than the idea of having an abortion, Amen? And that's what Safe Families for Children does. And then we have our home-based impact. This is right here, our home base, our church, okay? Where we, um, our goal was to raise uh, $43,000, excuse me, $43,000. And we um, raised and spent $114,330. Now you're going, wow, that's a huge amount. Well, we had a rollover from last year, from 2019 to 2020 in our savings account that helped us finish this area back over here. So it's amazing, okay? And if you don't know what that is, it's 9,500 square feet of unused space right now that's still waiting to be finished. We are roughly about $150,000 almost ready to be done. That's how short we are, $150,000 from that being absolutely completed. Okay, and I think that in 2021, we're gonna make up that difference, amen? And we're gonna see our teens have a spot, we're gonna have a place for adults, for classrooms. We've got, we got plans and visions of, of developing a Bible school, um, a ministry school, not just a Bible school, but a ministry school where we can teach and train in the prophetic, teach and train in signs, wonders, and miracles, and healing, um, those kinds of things. So we got great ideas and great visions and great plans, but we need space for it. Right, and that's what that is. And then our last one, which is future leaders. This is our, this is our uh, um, entity for uh, youth, for youth conventions, youth camps, and all that. Well, all of that was paused this year, uh, obviously because of COVID. All camps canceled, um, conventions canceled, everything that we would do. So we're going to roll over forty five hundred dollars of what's left over and bring it over to 2021 so we can invest into the next generation of future leaders for our church, okay? <clears throat> it's gonna be great. So anyway, we have that. Now, one of the things that we um, invested into, which I think this is pretty amazing, we were the first, I keep saying we're the first because we were, um, we were the first church to financially support Lacrosse Team Challenge on a monthly basis. Now, you may not seem like it's a lot, but we started off two years ago at $50 a month, and then we bumped that up 
you know, to, I think we're at the $150, $200 range, about $200 a month right now, supporting Lacrosse Team Challenge. Well, just recently, um, the, the directors, uh, Kevin and Jess Shaler, which they wanted to be here today, they wanted me to tell you that they couldn't, they had a small outbreak in their uh, dormitory of, of COVID, and so they just decided to be in quarantine and locked down, and they really, really wanted to be here. So they're, they're doing their responsible thing in quarantining and, and, and not being around people, um, <clears throat> but, but they, they, they have decided to, to, to come here to church, and, and you'll, you'll recognize them on the video, but Kevin and Jess Shaler are great amazing people. And they came here from North Dakota and uh, to start uh, Lacrosse Team Challenge along with uh, Andrew Dahl, um, the, the, the person who's, who's spearheading this as well. So I want to show you a quick video of what your investments and your resources have gone to. Go ahead and roll that, guys. Wisconsin. 
Isn't that great? Yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and give Jesus some praise for that. Lives are being touched and lives are being changed because of your generosity. And so what I'd like to do right now is I want us to stretch our faith, okay? Now, there's going to be a slide up here on the screen that tells you how to give again, whether that be online, um, by check. Um, if, if, you're not will, if you're not ready yet to give and you want to do that, we'll be receiving donations to the end of the, actually the end of the year, but we want to specify this offering by the end of the month. And, and so what I'd like to do right now is I want, we're going to just pray and we're gonna ask the Lord to give you an amount. Now, this is an opportunity. If you partner with us every month, or if you just wanna say, you know what, I wanna give a one-time gift um, of generosity to Kingdom Builders so we can continue our work here within the community and within here in our local church. And so we wanna give you the opportunity to do that. And what I'd like for you to do is either grab an envelope in the seat pocket in front of you as a sign of faith, okay? Whether we're gonna give online or maybe you're gonna write a check out or give cash, that's perfectly fine. Um, if you're writing a check out, obviously make it out to River of Life Church and in the memo put uh, Miracle Offering Kingdom Builders. Um, but let's ask God what he would like for you and for me to give for this miracle offering, okay? All right, so either grab an envelope, if you're giving with your phone, why don't we just go ahead and hold up that envelope and hold up that phone right now, all right? And let's just pray and let's just ask God what he wants us to do. Father, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give us, God, insight, God, to the blessing that you have for us. God, and I just ask that by faith, Lord, and it may be stretching for some here today, God, whether that be five or 500 or 5,000, God, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would double that in our personal lives right now, God. Lord, we have faith and we trust in your word more than we trust in our resources because you are our God. Lord, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right, guys, go ahead. We're not gonna take up an offering. You, if you write now by envelope, feel free to drop it off in the drop box back there in the back so we limit contact. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for investing in the Kingdom Builders, amen? Next week, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a report of what came in for the rest of the week. Baby, is that okay? Is there anything else you want me to say with that? No, we're good to go? Praise Jesus. Well, let's get into the word. You guys ready? All right, me too. Um, turning your Bibles to Proverbs chapter three, verses five through eight. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna get into that here in just a second. I just wanna take a moment real quick um, and just welcome all of our online viewers for joining us today. Again, thank you so much for being with us in our online church. Um, you know, with all the COVID stuff going on and with all the, all the, 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 the unrest and uneasiness in our nation, doesn't it feel like we're like in a holding pattern right now? Doesn't it feel like we're just kind of like right here and we don't know what's happening, right? And, and, and I, believe, I believe that that, I have to be careful when I say this because I know that there's a real enemy trying to distract, but if we can look at it in a positive way, let's say that this is a God thing exposing the hearts of men. Amen? Not, I'm not talking about election or nothing like that. I'm talking about me and you. Okay, it's exposing the things that need to be exposed so that way we can deal with the issues that need to be dealt with so we can be a church that's on fire for the Lord. Because we're never going to be that kind of church. We're never going to see God move if we're not open to him internally in our hearts and our lives. We need to be. See, I believe that experience shapes our lifestyles. How many would agree with that? Experience shapes our lifestyles, our views. It shapes our views, the way we perceive things. Experience creates the goggles of our life. And all these things happen when we have encounters or experiences in our lives, whether that be in a positive way or whether that be in a negative way. And I remember hearing a story one time of a girl that always thought that she was overweight. She always thought that um, she, she was always obese, even though she was only weighed about 90, 98 pounds. She just always thought, she looked in the mirror and saw a really unattractive, just overweight, no purpose, no mission, no life girl. Well, something happened in her life that led her to believe that about herself, and she put on some lenses and some goggles of an experience that happened. Well, as the story goes, um, she was walking with her friend in the third grade. 
right? Walking with her friend in the third grade. And when she was walking, her friend told her, if I can't put my fingers around your wrist, that means you're fat, is what she said. Now, just being little third grade girls, you know, and just walking around, probably unintentional, but that's how she was taught. So this girl then, who's dealing with an issue, could not fit her fingers around her wrist. So that experience led her to perceive her life and think about her life in a way where she would never amount to anything, even though she was attractive, even though she was 98 pounds, even though every time that experience led her to look in the mirror and always see the girl who couldn't close her fingers around her wrist. Now, after some counseling and after some prayer counseling, and to be quite honest with you, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the lie so therefore we can be sturdy and confident in the truth of what God says about us. After a, 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 few, a few months, maybe a few years of, of, of just some deep, intense praying and asking the Holy Spirit what was all that, she came to the truth and the lie of what the Father thought about her rather than what the lie said about her. You see, and a lot of our lives and a lot of the things that we deal with all deal with some type of an experience that causes the goggles and the lenses of our lives to see us and to see the way that maybe God sees us through those lenses. And what God wants to do is he wants to give you a pair of new goggles. He wants to give you a pair of new lenses so you can see things the way that he sees them rather than the way that you see them. You see, one encounter with Jesus healed her and set her free. One encounter led her to believe a lie. One truth and one encounter from Jesus completely set her free. See, encounters can either lead to bondage or they can lead to freedom. So the question is, what are we allowing in our lives that we're believing that lead us to either bondage or to freedom? What is it that we may believe that's either leading to bondage or freedom? One thing that I find really interesting a lot with believers, because I've experienced this in my own life, is that sometimes a lot of believers believe that they're free, but they're really free in captivity. You've been given a cage you can roam around in, right? And you think you're free, but really, it's a little free. Here's, here's what I mean. I believe that when Jesus comes and sets you free, you're free indeed. Your sins are gone. But there's certain things that we still have to deal with. There's certain things that we still have to come face-to-face, encountered with, so we can become totally free, so we can experience the freedom that he already gave to us on the day of salvation. You see, we have this this cage that is invisible. <laughs> and we can only get so far sometimes in our walk with the Lord. And we keep asking ourselves, why do I feel like I keep hitting the ceiling? It's because God is trying to deal with us internally about something that he wants to reveal to us so we can get a revelation about. I believe, and listen, we all go through it. Come on, somebody, right? We're gonna get extremely real this morning. Because if there's anything that we need in these days that we're living in, and I believe that we're going to be living in even more, if you know what I mean by the quotation air marks, days, we need a pair of God goggles. We need some lenses of the Holy Spirit to direct us and show us and he's bringing his church into a place of purity. Just like we sang today, I love that song. A pure and spotless bride, what does that mean? Does it mean, does it mean that you'll always do the right thing and make perfect decisions? No, it means that you're real with God. It means that you come to him with transparency and you say, Jesus, I don't got it all figured out. I don't got it all taken care of, but God, here I am. Here I am, you're open to him. You're open to what he has to say about your life and about your heart. See, God wants you completely free. There is another level of freedom that's waiting for us. Proverbs chapter 
3, verses 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I love that. I love that. You need strength? Well, quit trying to be smarty pants. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Respect the Lord. Revere what he has to say. And depart from evil. Because it's going to be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. See, what most believers try to do is we try to understand something before we allow trust to enter into our hearts. We try to understand the situation before we can express faith. I like to suggest to you this morning that the kingdom of God is completely opposite of that, that we express our faith most in trusting God before we have it all figured out before we have it all taken care of, before we understand what God is doing. Sometimes God will bring us into a position where we don't understand so that way we can grow in our faith. So we can learn to trust him no matter what. You see, trust is foundational when it comes to a pure relationship with God, especially when it comes to worship. Trusting the Father and trusting God is the greatest expression that we can have when we worship him and when we have a relationship with him. But we have to take notice that trust doesn't come by always understanding. Like I said, in the kingdom, trust comes first, then comes the understanding. It's interesting to me how backwards the kingdom of God really is. In our personal lives right now, when something good happens, we get happy, amen? We go, yay! The Packers score, yay! Yay! The Vikings lose, yay! Right? And, and, and that emotion follows an event. In the kingdom, your emotions and what you do by faith goes first and then the understanding comes later. That's why the Bible says that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Because faith and understanding, well, faith comes first, then the understanding comes second. That's how it works in the kingdom. You wanna grow in faith? Trust God through the middle of your business. You want to grow in your relationship with God? Try not to understand everything that God's doing and just nestle up to his, to his chest like John the Beloved did. And just say, God, I'm here with you. I just want a relationship with you no matter what it takes. You see, when I got married to Kristen, I put all of my trust on that day when I said I do. And listen, I know that all marriages don't work out great, Right? I know there's some things that happen in marriages that isn't fair to either of you, to either party. But on that day, when you said I do, I had full trust in Kristen that she would be my wife forever. That she would never leave me, she would never cheat on me, she'd never, never find someone else or something else that would fill the need that I could give to her. She is my wife and I am her husband. And together we make one. I put all my trust in her and she did the same thing too when we made our covenant vows. Did I understand everything that was happening in our marriage at the time? Did I understand the reasons why we got in arguments and fights? Did, did I understand all the things that were taking place? No. But one thing I know is that I trust her. And throughout the thick and thins of life, we're going to stay together. Why? Because trust came first. And in order to have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, Trust has to be at the center of the foundation of your walk with him. And that's what it's like when you come to Jesus and you say, I do to him. You make a covenant vow with the Lord before him, with our lives. And we're saying to Jesus, I trust you. I trust you because I know Jesus you are never gonna leave me. I know you're never gonna forsake me. 
man, pastor, it sure feels like he's forsaken me. He's not, he's right there with you. It sure feels uneasy right now. He's right here with us. He's right here with us. Because a lot of the times we may not feel like he's there, but trust in his word and trust in what he says more than our feeling about it. If I only lived my relationship with God based on my feelings, I wouldn't be serving Jesus for very long. Right? <laughs> and unfortunately for a lot of Christians and a lot of believers, what we do is we base our relationship with God with how we feel. With how we feel. Let me just tell you here today that God wants to take that and begin to put trust in your heart and begin to mold and begin to shape you that no matter what comes down the pike, no matter what happens down the street, no matter what's happening in your life, he is always with you. You can be confident about that. He's never left you or forsaken you. Do you really think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego felt Jesus when they bowed? When they didn't bow, sorry. When they didn't bow, sorry. They didn't bow. Okay, online? Now Facebook gonna put a fat check on me. <laughs> they didn't feel God in that moment. They knew full well what they were doing. It's not like they went down. And everyone else went down and they stood up and they says, no, we're not gonna do this. It's not like the Holy Spirit came and boom, empowered them. No, with all the butterflies in fear, it took to stand up for what was right. They did it. And what happened when they got to the fiery furnace? They thought they were gonna die. They thought end of the road. They thought that was it. They, it's not like a, the Holy Spirit came and whispered to them and says, hey, don't worry, I'm gonna show up later on. Nothing like that happened. They were standing up, not just for what was right, they were standing up for Jesus. They were standing up for God in that moment. That we're not gonna bow to something that's gonna be false and fake, but we're gonna stand up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they went to the fiery furnace, guys, listen, knowing full well that that was the end of the road for them. But when they got into the fiery furnace, they weren't even burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. And the people that went to go check on them died because it was so hot and there was a fourth one in the fire. Let me just tell you here today, even though you may not feel God right now, he's in the fire with you. Come on. You see, trust is built when we decide to trade our understanding for his perfect peace. When we trade our understanding for his perfect peace. Now, I'll explain that in a moment. And you understand something, I'm not, I'm not a Christianese guy, okay? I don't speak Christianese. And what I mean by this is this, okay? I said this first service and it was funny to me, so I'll say it again. WWJD to me means who wants jelly donuts, not, not what would Jesus do, okay? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not big on the Christianese, I'm not big on the slogans, but if I were, there'd be one that I stand by, and that is let go and let God. Let go and let God. Let go of what's keeping us bound. And sometimes what's keeping us bound is our trying to understand what he's doing. Trying to search for that perfect peace. You don't even know that we're in chains because of our pursuit of peace. What God just wants you to trade it in for your understanding. It's a great deal. He wants to give you perfect peace. Wouldn't that be awesome to live in perfect peace? It's, it, it, can, it can happen. I believe that with all my heart. It can happen. You ever met somebody that nothing ever phases them? Well, all right, cool. Okay. Have you met somebody that everything phases them? Oh, the weather in my back, I tell you. It's gonna go downhill real fast. I can feel it in my bones, right? I'm not saying you can't say that, but what I'm saying is 
there is a stark difference. There is a contrast when it comes to people who have traded in their understanding for God's perfect peace. What happens is, is that when we allow God to do his thing, just let him run wild, just let him do what he does best, in return, we're gonna suffer less, we're gonna worry less, we're gonna be less anxiety-driven, and eventually what's gonna happen is God will reveal to us the understanding of what we're going through. In time, the pages will turn in your life. In time, the story will be written and then you'll understand. Sometimes God shows us a story right off the bat because we can take it, we can handle it. But a lot of the times, God wants us to write with him. Because the Bible says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works in advance prepared for us to do. That word workmanship is the Greek word poema where we get our word poem. We are God's poem. Created, that means it's being created. We're being written on our hearts, the testimony of Christ. See, Philippians chapter four, verse seven. That was a good word. Philippians chapter four, verse seven. Sorry, sometimes I gotta give myself kudos. <laughs> Philippians chapter four, verse seven says this, and the peace of God which transcends or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, sometimes, sometimes, when I read this, when I read this, I read, trade your understanding for my perfect peace. Trade your understanding for my perfect peace. Let me take care of what needs to be taken care of. You just trust me. You just trust me. Right, simply put, when we don't understand what's happening, we have to trust God. That he knows what he's doing. That he cares about you. And that he is with us always. How many of you believe that? That he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He cares for us. He's with us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. Now, I'm not trying to be just a cheerleader in your corner saying, go, go get them. But what I'm trying to do is unveil a revelation to you because in this world, we're gonna face trouble. But make no mistake about it that he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what's happening and he knows. And all we have to do is rest in him and have confidence in him and what he's doing and who he is and who he is. See, his goodness is beyond our ability to comprehend, but not in our ability to experience. Our hearts, listen to this, our hearts will take us where our heads can't fit. Our hearts will take us where our heads can't fit. Sometimes we need to just release the noggin from trying to think about it all and let our heart do the talking for us. Let our heart be connected to the king's heart and knowing that we have trust, confidence, and purpose and intentionality in who he is. You see, understanding is vital. It's vital to understand. I'm not saying do away with it, okay? Understanding is vital, but it often comes through experiencing God. It often comes through experiencing God. When we experience God in our faith journey with him, when we walk that out, and maybe sometimes if you're stuck in a place where you're not quite getting it all and you're asking questions, God, like why is this happening and why is that happening? We all have them. Come on, somebody. Right within the last three weeks, I feel, me personally, I feel like I've been under personal attack. I had this wrong with me, this wrong with my body, this wrong with my body. Then I got sick and I'm like, oh great, do I got the Rona. <laughs> right? And I've got all this stuff going on in my body. Now it's my knee, now it's my ankle, now it's my elbow. Oh gosh, what is going on with me? I know I just turned 44 years old, but it can't be this bad. <laughs> right? And we ask questions like, God, why aren't you healing right now? 
You said in your word that you would. Come on now, why not me, Jesus? I just tried to do it right there. But here I am, right in the middle of my fire. And I know I got Jesus with me. I know he's with me. And when I come through this, I'm gonna be stronger. I'm gonna be ready for the next thing that God has for me. And you too. And you too. Don't you worry about work. Don't you worry about sickness and disease. Don't you worry about no virus. Don't you worry about any of this stuff. God's got you. He's protecting you. He's with you. See, faith for the journey of walking with God leads to encounters with God. See, one of the greatest commandments of scripture pertaining to the experience of God is how we started out this series. We got one more week left next week. But one of the greatest commandments in experiencing God is found in Psalms chapter 34, verse eight, and it says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See, if you'll simply taste it for yourself, you'll see it more clearly. Your perception of truth will increase as you experience truth more deeply and more intimately. If we learn just to taste for ourselves, come to the place where you can taste the goodness of God, of who he is in your life, even if it means you gotta go back to the earmarks in your life. Even if it means you have to go back to the places where God did something for you. He did those for a reason, so you can go back and have another beverage. So you can go back and taste and see that he's just as good then as he is right now. You see, <laughs> I did this first service, I'm gonna do it again because I wanna see who the sinners are. Okay. Let's take a quick poll, okay? McDonald's fries or Wendy's fries? Okay, here we go. McDonald's fries, okay, or Wendy's fries? And you can't say I don't eat French fries. That, that's, that's not allowed right now, okay? You have to pick one, okay? One more time. McDonald's fries, okay? W Wendy's, okay. All the Wendy's people will have special prayer for you up here later. <laughs> we'll cast demons out of you, okay? All of those things, right? There's just something about them extra salty McDonald's fries. And if you dip them in a shamrock shake. Okay, too far? Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. All right, sorry about that. Sorry, okay? There's just something about it, right? And, 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 and you go back and, and you get, now they have it on that app, you know? It's like a dollar large French fry. You're like, I'm just, I'm just gonna get that, you know? So I'm just gonna get the dollar large. And you, but you gotta buy something for a dollar. I'm like, ah, great, I'll get a tea. A Diet Coke, because I'm trying to lose weight, right? So... <laughs> So, so we'll get, bam, bam, we'll get, yes. Right? There's just something that you just keep going back for. You keep going back for it. When we, when, when we took, uh, Chris and I, when we took uh, Caleb down to Dallas, Texas, we made a visit to Magnolia Farms, which is, you know, Chip and Joanna. You know what I'm saying? Kristen's happy place. They have a, they have a cafe there that's really good. All right, super, you know, it's super hipster. All right, you gotta, it's a, it's a requirement to wear skinny jeans when you go in. No, not really, it's not. Okay, so, I got chicken and waffles. Whoever made, by accident, chicken and waffles, they have a mansion in heaven just for them. It must be close to lunch. We had chicken, I had chicken and waffles. Let me tell you, when we go back to Dallas, we're gonna take the trek an hour and 20 minutes to go back to Magnolia Farms so I can go get the chicken. Stand in line, 
outside, okay, and get the chicken and waffles. Why? Because I tasted that it was good. That's what it's like with Jesus. When you taste and see, because tasting's about the experience, seeing's about your perception, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll want to go back for more. You'll want to go back for more. And maybe some of us have just forgotten how good God really tastes. Maybe some of us have just forgotten what it's like to taste the presence of Jesus again. Maybe some of us have just forgotten what it's like to have McDonald's french fries and shamrock shake, click, click, mm, insert mouth, that is good. Maybe we forgot what it was like to taste and see that God is good. And let me just tell you that it doesn't stop. You can always go back to Magnolia Farms called Heaven and go back there. And you can always Get that taste again. You know what that's called? It's called repentance. Repentance just isn't feeling sorry for your sin, it's turning towards God. Kaylin, thank you. Kaylin's so great, isn't she? Let me end like this. Things, I feel like I've been, been sharing a prophetic word every day or every week, okay? Because it's, I'm just telling you right now, something's, something's, something's stirring, okay? Things are about to change. The greatest harvest of souls of all time is about to come in. And it won't come because our advanced skills in preaching, our use of media, or even our powerful music. Each of those has importance, but they do not exist unto themselves. They are important in that they are vehicles that carry the greatest revelation of all time, that God is good. And he is a perfect father. And I firmly and confidently believe that in the grand scheme of what God is doing, a chapter is closing and a new chapter is beginning to be written. We are not just going to see, but we are seeing the unveiling of the things the Word of God talks about. We are going to step, listen to me very closely, we are going to step into a new era if we believe. If we believe. We will experience His Word alive in this world and in our personal lives. Every year, the Lord lays on my heart a New Year's revelation. Last year was Salvation 2020. You can see it on the wall. God has proven himself that he has saved us. How do I know that? Because, and I'm not gonna say this to sound haughty or prideful. You gotta know my heart on this. But it's pretty unreal that in, during lock times, we're bringing in $56,000 for kingdom builders. It's pretty unheard of that during the time when churches aren't supposed to thrive, that we're open. It's pretty unheard of that when we're not supposed, and we're supposed to be hoarding and holding stuff to ourselves, that we hired three new staff. It's pretty unheard of. Why? Because we're going to be a church that moves and walks in faith in the advancement of the kingdom of God. No matter what it takes, no matter how hard it gets, we're going to be on the front line holding the line of what's true, righteous, and honest before the Lord. That's who we are. And God is trying to reveal to us the goggles that he wants us to have on. And what I wanna do as I close here in the next two minutes is I want to pray that we would learn to trust first without understanding. It's a big thing to pray for. It's huge, it's gigantic, it's enormous. Because that means you're gonna have to have complete trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords no matter what's going on in our lives. That's what it means. But I'm willing, you willing? 
I'm ready. You ready? I want to say yes to everything God has. No matter how I feel, no matter what's happening in my knee, no matter what's taking place in our bodies, I'm saying yes to the will of God. I'm saying yes to the King of Kings, no matter what it takes. Amen? So Father, I just pray right now for every heart and every person. God, first of all, that's going through some stuff, whatever that might be, Jesus. They're going through the business, Father. They don't quite understand why you haven't answered yet. God, I just pray that Jesus, you would put in their heart a heart of trust for you. And so, Father, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you do the work. Father, I just pray that we would trust you. We would step out on the things that we can't see because we know that you will put it there for us to walk on. Lord, we honor you and we love you so much. Help us to trust you more than anything. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said,